So that was an internal shift that I had to make and that I think is important for women to make too is to look at value beyond someone's bank statements or their salary. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode because this episode is basically everything when it comes to money and early stage relationships. I am not kidding. You are in for like the treat of your life because I'm actually about to interview two dear, dear friends of mine who are also probably two of the greatest coaches in the entire world world. And I do not say that lightly. So we're going to sit down with Stephanos Sifandos and Christine Hassler. Now they're engaged, about to get married. And we are going to do a deep dive into what it looked like in their relationship when they met, when they started getting serious, and when they decided to get married in terms of their finances. They're both really high-performing entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, Steph is one of the strongest coaches out there for relationships and especially for men in helping them find and be comfortable with their masculinity. And of course, as you know, Christine Hassler has been on the show before. And not only is she the best-selling book uh, author of so many books, but is also, again, a world-renowned coach, plus had her own TV show, plus has her own incredible podcast. So when I say we're sitting down with two experts to dive into their relationship and finances, I mean, we are really getting to peek behind the curtain as to what it looks like when people do it right. They've agreed to really be vulnerable and talk about the conversations they had and the struggles they had so that if you're single looking for a mate or if you're in the newer stages of a relationship or if you are about to get married or just got married so that you can find yourself in their story and learn how to avoid making finances one of these troublesome things that most couples fight over. And so we're going to do a deep dive on how to find and date a high-level partner. We're going to talk about how successful single women can find men who are not intimidated by their success and also what the man's role is in that relationship. We're going to talk about what it looks like and how to integrate your finances once you decide, hey, we're a long-term couple. And we're going to discuss what the right partner does for you, what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it does for you and your career and your success once you find them. This truly is the everything episode when it comes to money and early stage relationships. And much of what we talk about, you're going to find, is also taught in the Money Principles course that I developed because I'm sick and tired of relationships struggling with finances. It's the biggest stress in relationships and it doesn't have to be. So if you're tired of having a shaky relationship with money, or if your money situation is causing stress in your relationship, then you simply must go to thetruthaboutmoney.com and check out this course. As soon as this episode is over, go to thetruthaboutmoney.com and check out this course. And by the way, only for my loyal listeners. 
The only way you could know about this discount is if you're listening. Only for my listeners. If you use the coupon code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, MONEY, when you check out, you'll save $50 off of what is already the best deal in the entire money market when it comes to courses. So as soon as this episode's over, I want you to go to thetruthaboutmoney.com and check it out. In the meantime, get ready because this is hands down one of the best episodes we have ever done. Steph and Christine, how the heck are you guys? <laughs> so good. We're great. I love you guys. I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, number one, because I know you guys so well and I love you guys so much. Number two, because I don't know the last time that we've had like two such high-level conscious individuals that do so much work and also teach the work that they do to others on at the same time where they're romantically connected. So this is going to be a pretty exciting episode to do a deep dive on what that looks like. You guys game for it? Oh, yeah. Oh, we love this. All right. So listen, we'll start with the kind of an icebreaker. We'll start with rapid fire. Just a fun way for the listeners to get to know you guys in a hurry. And then if something really good comes up, of course, we'll always circle back around to do that as well. Now, when I have couples on or business partners... Uh, rapid fire is whoever feels like answering it. I'll throw it out there and whichever one of you or if both of you want to answer it, you can do that. How's that sound? Cool. All right. Now, this first one might be a giveaway, but actually I do want Steph to answer this one first because of that accent. Steph, where'd you grow up? <laughs> Australia and Greece. <laughs> Love it. Like what a perfect combo, right, Christine? You're like, where yes. was this God created? Oh, of course, Australia yes. and Greece. Yes. Oh, and he's half Italian too. So throw that into the mix. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> when everyone sees the the picture of you two, they'll they'll know what I mean by it's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> Christy, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Dallas, Texas, where we actually currently are when we're recording this. Oh my god, I didn't know you guys are in Dallas right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you both live out here in LA by me now. Yeah, a little south of you, but yes, yes, and down in Encinitas. Oh, you know what? I always still peg you guys up here. <laughs> like I refused. Okay. To acknowledge that you guys have gone to, you know, North North San Diego County, which I feel like <laughs> so do we I'm being betrayed. All right. What's your favorite quote? Either one of you. Mine is be the change you want to see in the world. Love it. You got one, Steph? Oh, I have many now. I'm not sure which one to pluck right now. That's all right. That's why you got a partner there. You guys fill each other's yep. gaps. I love it. Yep. What's one of your superpowers? Either one of you. I have extreme senses. So my sense of smell, my sense of hearing <laughs> is like, it, it's extraordinary. I should be, I could be a police dog if, you know, this other career doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, uh, sorry, we're, we actually put canine on here. No, really, I want to apply for it. T- test me. <laughs> Steph, you have one Seriously, by- though, I'd say my, my superpower is probably compassion. Oh, I love that. I love that. Steph, you got one, buddy? Yeah, willingness. Mm, dang, that's powerful. Right? How many of us go around too closed off? That willingness is is really yeah. powerful. What's one of your favorite books? Either one of you. For, for for me, Walking with the Himalayan Masters by Swami Rama. I can't say I've read that one. I'd be lying to you. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'd be lying to you. Christine, do you have one other than one of your own best-selling books? I mean, I mean how do I say anything after? Yeah, that? how do you follow that? You're like, um, the Cat in the well, Hat by Doctor Seuss is really there enlightening. You go. Light in the attic. <laughs> Light in the attic. Is that Shel Silverstein? Yes. Oh my god, I remember those from school. Yes, I'm gonna go with that. Okay, I love it. <laughs> it's a good book. Why not? What's way, What's one thing you're each challenged by right now? I think I'm I'm challenged by, and this is a good challenge, just a major transition in my life, going from being a 
single entrepreneur into very fast stepping into marriage and possibly motherhood in the future. So mm. uh, life transitions and it's a good challenge, but it's still, it's still challenging me. Amazing. What about you, buddy? For me, it's the, the upper limit, the upper edge that I'm experiencing now. Again, really great, but also quite foreign and painful in terms of my productivity in the world, what I'm creating, my service, how I'm serving, the amount of people I'm seeing, my growth in this space, and also being with uh, a, a powerhouse like Christine and just such a, a beautiful heart. Is um, it's just taking me to my edge in many ways, and and that's where I'm at. But it's it's a beautiful growth, a journey worth taking. Yes, mm-hmm. I yes. love it. Just a couple more. What's one of your all time favorite accomplishments so far? Either one of you. Mm. I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, Christine. <laughs> oh, love it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, d- definitely this relationship. Yeah. I would say, and and another one for me was. I might have shared this, Chris, in your podcast before, was getting off antidepressants. And I'm not saying that antidepressants are bad, but for me, I was on them from 11 till 30. Wow. And I really intuitively knew that I didn't, I, I could live without them and actually live more, more, more fuller life without them. And every doctor told me, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Um, finally, I found the, 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 the support team that really could help me and getting off of them and, and really never struggling with depression after that. Is it has been a massive accomplishment for me. Mm, I would say so. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. What is something generous you guys have done recently? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> helping the old people at the gym today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got to expand. What's that? What's that about? <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go to... So there was, it, was, it was great. It was this... So we're, we're staying with, with Christine's mother and it's, it just happens to be... It's like a an elderly home here. But it's not. But it's not, not technically. Not technically, but it is. They're like eighty the average age is like eighty, eighty five. And my mom's plus. not that old. No, mm-hmm. not at all. So there was a lady at the gym this morning. The gym is quite epic for where we, where we are, and I was I was training, and um, she just couldn't get the pin in the hole in one of the machines she was using, and the lap pulled down. And it was, I was training, and I was watching. It was just paining me. She was there for so long, so I just went up there and helped her. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We, we we look for things every day, Chris. Like we were, it's yeah. so hot in Dallas right now. It's a hundred degrees, yes, and yes, we helped out some homeless guys yesterday that were just standing in the sun, just oh, just sweating yeah. their faces off. And we're always looking for little ways in which we can we can just be kind or generous, whether it be through money or through just helping somebody out or making somebody smile. And we really enjoy doing that together. I'm also, yeah, I'm also pro, bon- pro bonoing, if that's a word. Um, <laughs> sounds kind of uh, Yeah, weird. I was going to say, careful, where are we going here? <laughs> yeah, a, ma- uh, a mass amount of, of men for um, my upcoming Reclaim Your Kingdom as well. I, I do that before the, the course starts. It's important to people that have shown interest that can't afford it. Um, and they're genuine and they're willing and they're there. And uh, that's a big part of, of what I'm doing at the moment as well. So if anyone's looking for some free pro boning, reach out to staff. Is that, is that what we <laughs> gathered from that? I got dibs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm I'm so grateful for this relationship. It's something that I spent a decade wanting and calling in. And it's been everything I hoped for and more. And it's helped me grow and get to levels inside myself that I never could have done on my own. Mm, I love it. Steph? I echo that, of course. And in addition to that, just the abundance that 
we are and I'm experiencing in life at the moment is just simply fucking epic. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper now. And, and we have to start out with this relationship because Steph, I mean, everyone knows from the intro already, but you're this world-renowned relationship coach. And, and one of the reasons I respect you so much is I feel like you really go deep when it comes to masculinity and femininity, unlike... Unlike anyone else I've I've ever met, you're a true expert. And Christine, of course, you've been on the show before, and and you're not only an incredible best-selling author with a you know smash hit podcast, you've been on TV and the whole nine yards. But honestly, you're one of the best coaches in the entire world, in my opinion. Like yep. I'm just putting that stake in the ground right there. So yep. here's why I tee this up like this: you two met each other, fell in love, and then of course elected to marry your lives together. I mean, quite literally. Yeah. What mm. did that look like? Or what does that look like when you have two high-performing coaches, both who coach relationships, come together mm-hmm. to form one of their own? <laughs> it, it was... Hmm, it, it was all in. It was all in in the point. beginning. Yeah. we. So just to back up a little bit, we were introduced... He lived in Australia. I was in California. We were introduced through a mutual friend. Because I saw his face on my friend's computer screen because they were working on a startup together. And I thought I recognized him, even though we had never met. So it was one of those complete soul recognition meant to be type of things. So we had a relationship over WhatsApp for two months before we actually met in person. And I had been at the point in my life where I had dated around enough to get clear on my questions in the beginning. You know, I didn't really want to waste my time, especially with somebody that lived across the world. So we would exchange five questions. This was Stefano's idea. Every day over WhatsApp, I'd write the questions and he'd answer my questions. Then I'd answer my own questions. Then we'd switch. And in these questions, we were they were funny questions sometimes. Like if an animal was going to be president, what animal would it be? Hmm. And then there were also really deep questions like, What's your biggest core wound with your mother and your father? Where where are you? Where are you with money? What's your deepest insecurity? I mean, we mm. really went for it. Not maybe in the first week, but by week three, we yeah. were asking some pretty serious yeah. questions. I think because both of us knew what we wanted and were clear that we wanted clarity from the beginning. Mm. Wow, that's I love yeah. the five questions thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I cheated most of the time and asked six or seven or eight. Yes. If you, ask, if you ask him for three things, he'll give you eight. That's just that's just the way it goes. He has a very abundant mentality. And, and, and then after we met, and you were there, Chris, the first day we met. Yep. So mm. you'll always like in be person. Very, yep. Yeah. Mm. In person, when mm. we met in Mykonos, Greece. We you were there. Pretty um, hard to not fall in love in Mykonos, Greece. I know. I know. It's kind of we were we were set up well, mm. but I remember the the. Second week, we were together physically. We were in Estonia and we sat down and had a very candid conversation about money. Mm. Like how much we each had in savings, what, what debt there was, what our money values were, yep. what, what we envisioned. And it was, it was not... I wouldn't say it was an easy conversation. Not because we were arguing, but just because I think it's, it's such a... For so many people, it's such a personal thing, and you you don't know quite yet where the other person stands. And I I even found myself, Chris, a little like, do I share? Like, do I tell him how yeah. much? Because we're I taught have? growing up, it's so private, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and and stigma around that. Exactly, especially being the woman, I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know. So I got so much dating advice from people of, oh, Christine, you're too intimidating. Don't talk about business with men, and don't talk. Da 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 da. And I, I said, well, if I do share where I am financially, like, is that going to be intimidating to him? Is that going to be emasculating? Like, so it was, 
I'm glad we had the conversation, but it wasn't easy. No, true, but truth, and, and on that emasculation piece and on that intimidation piece, truth from a place of sincerity is not intimidating. If it's intimidating to a man and he hangs on to that, it's because he hasn't cleared his wounding or his money wounds or he hasn't got clarity on where what his worth is and he's completely attached to uh, his worth, his self-worth being entrenched in in, in money and, and physical success. And so I'm going to I'm going to lay something out really clearly here. When we had that conversation, I very quickly realized, which I had a hunch before anyway, because I knew my own financial position at that point, that Christine was making more money than me. And she was making more money than me. And in fact, a lot more money than me. And I was really clear on that. Yes, that was difficult to hear. And I saw well beyond that in the relationship in her and in myself and the value that I brought to that. Does that mean that I didn't wrestle sometimes with those notions? Not at all. I did. And I and Christine, you confirm this and mm-hmm. don't, but <laughs> I still stood really strong in that because the the truth of the conversation was more important than pretending to be someone than I wasn't at that point. This is fascinating. Uh, the fact that you guys had this conversation this early in the yeah. relationship, yeah. like sat down and had such a pointed conversation on purpose instead of it just maybe mildly coming up, that in itself is fascinating to me. And it brings up this trend I'm seeing, and I have to ask you each about it. So. And Christine, you know so many of these individuals because uh, yeah. you know you're so close with Lori, my wife. I'm seeing a trend just because I am inside the circle, so to speak, of all of these massively successful single women. Mm-hmm. They're successful in how they run their life, but also financially, where they're having a hard time finding men who can feel confident around them and making yep. a relationship work. And when I say it's a trend, I mean, this is like an overwhelming trend that's showing up right now. So yes. could each of you touch on this from the perspective of, you know, Christine, as, as a woman, what do you think women can do to maybe help with this a little bit? And, and Steph, especially mm-hmm. for you, because you're such an expert when it comes to masculinity and feminine energy and all that, what can we as men do to be better mates when we might be intimidated by the other's earning power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, and I could go on and on about this for hours, so I'll, <laughs> I won't. Well, it's only a seven-hour show, so that's <laughs> no, what we're talking about. Show. Okay, good. Oh, glad I went to the bathroom before we started. So for women, it's a couple things. One thing for me, when I was getting the feedback, "Oh, you're intimidating," and I would date men who sometimes were threatened by that or didn't like it or almost were competitive with me at times, which didn't feel good. I'm like, I, I don't want to compete with you. I had to also look at. Was I more in my masculine energy? You know, was it the fact that I had more money intimidating, or was I in my boss babe, more masculine energy with this men? And that was making them more competitive or making them feel intimidated in any way. So that was one thing I had to look at. And there were times when I showed up, and this this came from my own my own insecurity of being more in my masculine energy because that's the way I ran my business for so long. You know, it required that. It required me to, Take control of situations, lead conversations, and shifting out of that in my personal life and in my dating life really, really was helpful. And that's when I work with women who are financially successful but are having a hard time finding a man that they really feel meets them. And I don't just mean financially, I just mean meets them in terms of compatibility and someone that they're really excited about. One of the conversations we have is it's not so much your success or your money that's intimidating, it's how you relate to it. Like, are you leading with that? Because for a lot of women, especially 
you know, as we get, I don't want to say older, but that's kind of true. As you get to your late 30s, 40s, and you start to feel like, oh my gosh, where's my man? Where's my man? One area that we're more comfortable in is our money and our business. So sometimes we lead with that a little too much. So that's the first thing I'd say is, is look at, are you a little too much in your masculine energy? And then the, the second thing is I got really clear inside myself, like what matters to me in a man? Do I need a man that makes as much money as me or more? In the past, I would have thought, well, yes, because otherwise that's going to create conflict in the relationship. But what I realized is that what matters more is someone relation, someone's relationship to money and their values and what they bring to the table other than money. Because I definitely dated financially successful people, but they weren't present. They were always distracted. Enough was never enough. You know, They had money, but in so many ways, they seemed poor to me because they were never fulfilled. They were never satisfied. So that was an internal shift that I had to make and that I think is important for women to make too is to look at value beyond someone's bank statements or their salary. Wow. Mic drop there. Steph, what, do, what about from the men's perspective? So this is, this is really interesting because we're taught and we're told as men that we have to be the breadwinners. And there's, there's value in that because it's linked to providing, which is deeply instinctual within man and within masculine energy. And so it's not just about providing safety or security or providing uh, opportunity or providing uh, shelter or providing food. Or, we're going back into evolutionary theory, so to speak. But there's something to be said for how we provide as men as well. And so when I'm working with men that, and I work a great, like Christine, I work with women that are super successful in the world and are really struggling to connect to a man that, again, is compatible at every level. And so what I want women to look for, particularly, is a man that values himself, a man that centers himself in self, in his own self-worth, that carries presence and is deliberate in everything that he does, and that he prioritizes the way he treats himself, his health, his body, his mind, his soul, and how he treats the people in his life, the people that are closest to him, and that he's not super or hyper-obsessed with doing or creating in the world to the extent that it harms his intra-personal relationship, in other words, his relationship to himself and his interpersonal relationships, his relationships to others. And so for men, it's important that they lead with their strength. And we think because of the world that we live in, that our greatest strength is how much we're doing in the world, what our status is, what our titles are, our net worth, what material possessions we have. And the reality is that's definitely important. And is it the most important thing when push comes to shove? And when you ask, if you lined up 100 women that were deeply, deeply yearning for intimate connection, that would not be their priority that their man makes more money than them or that, well, maybe that, that could be, but that their man is, is purely obsessed or focused with making money. It, there's something more than that. And so when we get into the, the essence of a person, if we prioritize the way they show up to themselves and to the relationship in terms of connection, intimacy, sacredness, prioritizing it, um, the amount of time, energy, and resource they put into the actual relationship and growing that itself, that outweighs, hey, how much money do you make? Yeah. And I think what women really are craving are to feel safe. 
That's what yeah. we're craving. And unfortunately, we we think that that's just in money. And it's more, there's more ways. It's not just yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and think of how many people stay in a job because they think it gives them, quote unquote, security. So many people stay in relationship because, quote unquote, they're security with money. And so something for the women to think about is if one of the things that we want is to feel safe. And I don't just mean someone to protect us. I mean, safe in terms of being able to show our emotions, safe in terms of we're not going to have lying or cheating. We're going to have consistency, safe in terms of someone's going to be present and there for us. There's so many ways that a man creates that beyond just you know what he makes. I know many women who are in relationships with men who may be wealthy, but aren't present. And so they don't feel safe. And when when I, because it was definitely a question I had in my mind, I'm like, how is this going to work? You know, this we're we're in we're, we've got opposite dynamics of what society quote unquote tells us it should be. But I, Chris, I felt so seen by Stefanos and so safe with him, and I, he let me ask a lot of questions. You know, he he didn't hold anything. He didn't have shame around where he was financially. I think that was a big thing too. He did the work around He did the work and he had invested so much of his money in his own growth and it showed. Like he was the first man that I'm like, wow, like you really walk the talk. You don't just say one thing on Instagram and then do something different. Like you actually are walking the talk. And to me, that that was really priceless. And I had a conversation inside myself and I'm like, man, I know how to make money. Like that's not what I need more than anything right now. What I need more than anything is someone that I can trust, someone that makes me laugh, someone who has similar values, someone who's committed to growth with me. I mean, there's so many things there that were so much more important. And I hope that people don't miss out on what could be an incredible relationship because someone isn't where you want them to be financially because that can change. And we've seen that. like We've seen it change for him so much over the past year. And it wasn't because... I put on my boss babe hat and went in and you know coached him and told him what to do. I was Anything like, was the I need to just be his muse and and love him and support him and and know he's going to find his way. Here's something interesting, Chris, to think about. How often have you heard a man say when when he's either broken up with his partner or they're on the verge? I don't get it. I don't understand. I give her everything. I have. I provide the house. I provide food on the table. She has all the things that she wants to buy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like something along those lines. How often do we hear that? Especially out in LA, here all the time. <laughs> and, yeah. and and listen, here's why this is so important that you're asking this question. I used to think being a good provider was providing Lori with a really good home, making sure she mm-hmm. didn't have to work, and letting her kind of choose what she wanted to do with her. And now when I look back on that, because it was years and years and years ago, that was like when we were least connected in our relationship. But mm-hmm. we're brought up to think that mm-hmm. that's like a masculine way of providing. And it's, it's really a bunch, it's a bunch of bullshit. So sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing is, and, and it is a load of bullshit, and there also is something to be said for providing but what's more important, what has to come first, is one's individuated self-worth and how they see themselves and have they got a healthy relationship to their pain, to their past, to their wounding, to who they are today and where they want to be. That's more of a priority than just simply providing and making a shit ton of money. I mean, you know, this last, and I'll share this with you before, and this isn't to gloat or brag, but something that I've actually learned from you, Chris, is to really honor and, and from Christine is to be proud of and inspired where you are. I have, I have literally, and I've calculated this, it's between 17 and 18x my income from two years ago. 
wow, that's insane. Yeah. Let that sink in. Like, first of all, congratulations. Let that sink in. 17 or 18 X to your income in like 24 months. Yes, correct. Yeah. And a big part of that is is being here in the US, making the massive changes, taking the leaps, having Christine in my life, her support, her nurturing. Not 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 her, hey, here's how you make money. Her <laughs> her literally her support and her love and her nurturing and her compassion because that's is one of her superpowers. And I had to watch that because I know, you know, we do similar things. Yeah. And I know cool. what he could do, right? Cool. Like I really could get in his business and just be like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. And of course we talk about it and you know those kind of things but i did not i'm like no i want to be his lover his supporter his girlfriend his wife like i do not want to be his coach and i see that in a lot of entrepreneurial relationships chris and i'm sure you do too oh, yeah. is that one person starts coaching the other person mm. and soon the relationship is all about the business and the polarity is gone and the passion is gone and it just, yeah, you may be making money, but where's the health of your and the wealth of your expense. relationship? Yeah. And the, the yin and the yang is gone. So two things I want to point out that are so important. I hope people catch it. Christine, when you're talking about you had to be aware of when you were in your masculinity and when you were holding back on, by choice and, and on purpose to allow him yep. to show up in his, you know, that's been a journey that Lori has had to take herself, like not from a financial standpoint, but she wouldn't even let me open doors for her. But for me, opening door was like like a, a masculine thing to do and like my obligation to do. And she had to like choose to stop and pause and step back and yeah. like literally exercise this muscle. Something as simple as letting me open doors for her. And that's just a metaphor of many things that we've had to work on mm-hmm. uh, from yeah. that yin and that yang standpoint in, in our relationship. And then Steph, what I want to point out for that you brought up is it's equally our responsible as men, uh, responsibility as men, whether we're already in a relationship or especially speaking all the the single individuals out there to... Make sure that we're not just leading with here's what we can provide from a monetary mm-hmm. standpoint, but because let's be honest, that's the easier thing to lead with. It'd yeah. be more masculine and it'd be more important and more quality to lead with who we are as individuals and how we're willing to show up in a very transparent way. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that for sure, because that's that's a far more difficult path because you're not hiding. You're you're truthful. One of the biggest issues humanity faces today, and and men in particular, is lying. We we cannot we we are so afraid of telling the truth and being seen and being raw and vulnerable. It requires so much courage that very it's easier for people to be to be plonked in the in the middle of the Panama jungle with no clothes on and say get out of here you've got three days. That that is easier for most men than to really come face to face with who they truly are and not lie. Honestly, even lies by omission, little white lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. So why then? And Steph, by the way, I don't want to like promote your stuff on here, but it just feels so appropriate to bring this up. If men are need to work on this stuff, and it's not natural because society tells us it's not masculine to do the deep work and to be vulnerable and to talk about these things and to not lead with your money. Is your eight-week program, is that what deals with this stuff? Like, Can we go there and literally shed some of these you know, false layers and, and show up differently and then therefore attract a better mate? Unequivocal, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, what do you do there to do? What do you do there, though, to to help us with that? 
help help men get to the core of their stuff and their pain and their wounding and their fears and shift that and the shame and the guilt that they feel. Um, societal game, uh, societal guilt and shame uh, and also individual guilt and shame that they've experienced in their lives and help them stop hiding and just be very real in the world with their loved ones, with themselves and with people that they're yet to meet. I, I leave the the financial expertise to people like you and even Christine. <laughs> not, that, not that I don't have savvy in that, I do, but that's not the area of focus. I clear the way so men can live in purpose and on purpose and clarity in that space and make money and create presence and serve and create amazing things in the world for themselves, for their families, for, for the world, full stop. And I do that by helping them get very real with who they are and unpacking those layers in a very safe and secure environment where they're also equally challenged as supported. Because men need challenge. We thrive in challenge. It's healthy challenge that we need to start getting into, not unhealthy challenge that takes us to the brink of either exhaustion or uh, minimizing ourselves, maximizing others, or uh, losing ourselves. So therefore, uh, what we spoke about earlier, sacrificing integral values that actually make us truly, sincerely happy. When you were talking about the core wound piece, I've sent a lot of my male clients to, to reclaim your kingdom because, you know, obviously, as a woman, there's only there's some parts of working with men that I can't relate to, yeah. and I always send them to Stephanos. And they're talking about the core wounds. One thing that I've seen time and time and time again with men is never feeling like they had their father's approval, mm-hmm. like never feeling like dad was proud of them, like there was enough, um, or never feeling like mom's true like affection. You know, men. <laughs> Men have a harder time, I think, and I think this is shifting thanks to the work like Stephanos is doing. I think men have a harder time showing their vulnerability and talking about their pain and talking about their past. And what I think is so brilliant about this work for men is that so much of success, so many men that I know are driven by their core wounds. They're driven by, I never felt like my dad was ever proud of me. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to prove to the world, but really to dad, this is an unconscious thing, mm. that I can do it, that I'm enough. So that's why you hear from so many people that they make all this money and they're not fulfilled is because feel they feel empty. They're, they're, they're wanting money to money and success to fill a void left by mom and dad. And prove a point. Yeah. Say, hey, look at me. I am something. I am can wealthy. you love me? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I didn't mean to steer this towards like some infomercial for Steph, but I got to be honest. Like, if people are listening <laughs> to this right now, and men, if you're listening and you you want a safe space to address this, and I think that's the key, a safe space. And women, if you're listening, you're like, I need something to shift in our relationship, and and part of that work has to be done by by my guy. Then they have to go check this out. Steph, where, they, where can they find info on this? reclaimyourkingdom.com okay. or right. stephanosfandos.com. We'll, we'll make sure we throw that in the show notes. So yeah. sticking with what we're talking about, what does it look like in today's world when two very successful people like yourselves decide to marry their finances together? Do you keep it separate? Do you marry them together? Is there a day where you're like, okay, blending them? What does it look like these days? Can, can I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it, it, both. We have, we have, well, we blended immediately. 
We I well not immediately, but very quickly we blended. Yeah, our we, we bumped around a lot. So we just to, just to like <laughs> be honest, we were a little spiritually arrogant going into our relationship. <laughs> from one to three months, we we were like we're like like coaches and like whatever. Yeah, weeks, whatever. Yeah, no, it was like October when our love bubble burst and yeah, the, the, you know all our shit came that. up. Um, but we because I again I a lot of my fear came up. Like I met with someone about a prenup. Like I was really like. I, I, I took that really well, Chris. No, no. <laughs> we don't do that in Australia, man. That is not common practice. Can I ask? Is there a prenup present? Nope. No, the, I got one. I got... Well, it was actually... Yeah, I got one done. And then I, I like was... It never felt right. But some part of me... This, the, I've learned that we have different parts. Mm-hmm. And the scared part of me needed to feel like I was taking some kind of action mm. because it felt so fast. And so I did it. I got the whole thing written. And then time went by, more time went by. And I just, I was super clear that of like who this man was and what our agreements were. And we got through some pretty tough stuff there in yeah. the beginning. And Chris, it was like, I went to finish it and I'm like, I don't need this. Wow. Like, I really don't need this. I'm totally coming from fear. And I checked in about it with myself. I'm like, well, I'm going to give it a week and see if I feel the same way. <laughs> and it was such a clear no. But I'm glad that I still took action to pursue it because I was honoring the part of me that was scared. But as we started to get, have more clear conversations about our finances and our plan and how we wanted to merge and what we wanted to keep separate you know, in terms of our businesses, once all of that was laid out, then my fear went away. And it was also just how he was showing up consistently in the relationship. And, and that's the other thing. like He has such, like a, such a strong work ethic. And it it wasn't like he was sitting around on the couch writing a screenplay, hoping that you know a producer was going to find him. And <laughs> not there's anything wrong with not that. Not anything wrong with that. But if I was working all the time and he was working on these passion projects that weren't bringing in money, that would have been a different story. But the 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 consistency in action, and I think when two conscious people come together and merge their lives, especially if you've been on your own for a while, you know I was doing my life a certain way, he was doing his life a certain way. And we had to find a way for our lives to start working together. I mean, I'll be honest, in the beginning of the relationship, I thought I was just going to be able to keep doing my life the way I was doing it and be in a relationship at the same time. And (laughs) you you can talk about that. No, that's a big big fucking no. (laughs) I'll consistently say, but I was being tricked. See, what I was saying wasn't so much wrong, but the way I was saying it was not appropriate because I was coming from a place of being triggered and offended mm-hmm. and my own wounding, being in such a deep, intimate, connected relationship. I was basically saying very abruptly and very straightforward, no, you cannot prioritize your business over us. And if you do, then I'm not going to be around. Wow. But the way I was saying that was coming from a really harsh place. Yeah. Again, Christine's superpower, compassion, understanding, as much as, much as that was pushing on her stuff, she still held, held in, in, in a compassionate way, gave me an opportunity to, to, to really look at myself and say, okay, I believe in what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying has value. I want to lead in deep masculine presence. How I'm doing it is coming from wounding. So I had to do my own work on that and started communicating that very differently. And as I did, she received it differently. And we then, we well, we flourished really mm-hmm. essentially. And then not just because of that, of course, but that was a contributing factor to how we flourished in the relationship. Yeah. I think when two people come together, you have to decide what kind of relationship you want. And there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. 
But the key distinguisher is, do you want to continue to live two separate lives financially and just share share home and share your lives? Or are you really a team? And if so, I do think that there's a merging of finances that are part of that because you're merging your lives together. You're, if you decide to get married, there is a... There's no longer a mine and yours. There's an hours. Yeah. But some people aren't cool with that. Some people want... I want mine, you want yours. But we knew for the kind of relationship we wanted that there was going to be an hours. Yes, I still have my business. He has his business. But when it comes to money, it's it's our money. You know, I have to agree with you guys. A real quick question for you. Did you guys feel immediately closer or more bonded when you when you blended the money? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And... Christine has her own accounts and she does what she wants with that money. I don't question that. I have my own accounts. I do what I want with that money. She doesn't question that, um, no matter what I want to spend it on. And we, we have, always talk when there's of big course, purchases. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. There's there's definitely consideration there, and there's um, there's a communication that takes place, and we have joint accounts as well, and so we know complete transparency what's going on in mm-hmm. our individuated lives and what's going on in our business, and we talk about it. Every day. Yeah, we don't keep our financial statements secret or separate. And you know, in a fun way yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. When did you we guys come together to talk about that? What does that look like? Well, for me, for me, man, I, I, I'm at the moment. I'm. I don't want to say obsessed, but I'm really excited about what I earn every month, what I bring in every month. So I'm updating Christine. Christine, this came in today. <laughs> it came in today. It's, you can't it's help but bring it up. The, I can't. Yeah, no, it's the second of the month and there's already uh, you know, 15K in the account or whatever it may be. And and so I'm always looking to, I want to break last month's record. How can I do that? Um, you know, Can Christine help me do that? Like yeah. I'm always, I'm really into it. Um, we also yeah. have a, about a quarterly meeting with our financial planner just yeah. to keep us on the same page. We have about once a week where we sit down and look at things, look at where we are, look at mm. you know where we want to, where we want to donate, where we want to, what's our fun account. We where are we we're spending s- too much. Yeah, we're we starting are. to. We ha- we aren't totally there yet, but we're starting to follow more of that profit. It's called profit first. Profit that, first yeah, profit yeah. first model. Mm, yeah. Really good model. You know, Lori and I we do monthly money dates, right? So we'll we'll make it a positive experience. We'll go somewhere where we know we love being and it's inspiring and we enjoy each other and it's not a time to solve any problems. It's just a time mm-hmm. to be, give like a state of the union, right? Like, hey, exactly. here's what is on all the accounts right now. Here is uh, how much we made last month, you know, because as an entrepreneur, it's always fluctuating. Um, here's this, here's that. And it's just like a state of the union. And that at a minimum, on a, you know, make a monthly money date. I feel like every couple needs to do. I, I agree. That. And I think if one person is making more money than the other person and is more like, quote unquote, the provider, to not have your spouse or your partner involved, I think is not healthy for the relationship. So no matter who's bringing in more, I really feel to have a more healthy, intimate relationship, keeping the the money separate from someone or being like, I'm the person that controls the money and the other person just doesn't even really know what the electricity bill is. I I don't know that that's really going to make a relationship thrive. It's disempowering. I couldn't agree more. So actually to that subject, why do couples fight so much over money? What can they do about it? <laughs> I think fights about money are... When people fight about money, they're not really fighting about money. It's never really about It's money. about priorities. Ah, okay. Expand. So it's in terms of priorities, it's not only where we're spending money, but where we're spending our time. And so if Christine, for example, was working 12, 15 hours every day 
and not putting any energy into the the relationship, that wouldn't that wouldn't serve me. Mm-hmm. That, that where I'm not I'm not feeling nurtured as, as a as a man. I'm not receiving that feminine nurturing energy that she has. That compassion, that being seen for for where I'm at. And so, we may be having an argument about you know working too much, or you're working and you're not you're not realizing the profits of what you're doing, and you're wasting all this time and energy. And Christine's like, but yeah, but the or profit- he might want to do something, and I'm like, but I'm making all the money, and uh, you know, like who knows what the fight might be yeah. about. But yeah, the, what what it's truly about is you not feeling like I'm giving you time. Yeah, in that in that instance, it's, it's my need for att- for time and attention, not not from a place of neediness, just from a place of how do we nurture this relationship as a priority, or at least maintain it uh, on on a, on a regular basis. Because like anything, man, effort is required if we want to be successful. However, we define success in any area of life, if we don't put effort, attention, energy, and time. It just won't flourish and it won't grow. And and so people's self-worth is so tied to money. Yeah. And core wounds are so tied to money. So we see a lot of money fights with couples where one person is a spender and one person is a saver. Mm. And the spender gets their worth and their validation from going out and spending money and having things because that's how they fill their voids. That's how they they get a fill. But the saver makes herself or himself feel safe by hoarding the money and saving the money, not spending anything because she or he lives in fear that they're going to lose it all. And that's from their core wounds of not having enough growing up or abandonment or whatever it may be. And so even though couples may fight about money, like what are they really fighting about? Usually one person's core wound is bumping up against another person's Mm. core wound. They're both in fear but they're fighting just about money. And you, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so what does the conversation look like that has to take place? How do you break that ice? Well, I think one of the biggest questions to ask in an argument, and this is true for if you're arguing about money or something else, is to ask your partner, what do you really need from me right now? Like, Mm. what do you really need? Because the person may say, I need you to stop spending money. Okay, but tell me why. You need me to stop spending money. Yeah. Like, what will that do for you? Get super curious about the other person's come from versus defensive about your own position. This is the biggest thing in conflict is we get so defensive about our own position instead of being curious about the other person's come from. And you got to remember, this is your partner. This is your spouse. You're on the same team. But when we fight, especially about money, People can feel like they are just on opposite sides of the fence and and end up just being really combative with each other. And that leads to defensiveness. And so the turnaround really is to ask, what do you need? Help me understand this. Seek to understand the other person versus defend yourself. And, And I would establish a foundation as well of whenever you're experiencing tension in a relationship, irrespective of what the tensional argument is about, is to come back to that mantra of, what would love do now? And really ask yourself that as individuals and as a couple out loud in your own mind, what would love do now? And what does love really want? Because love doesn't want to control the other person. Love doesn't want the other person to not feel fulfilled in life. And how can you both come to a reconciliation where both your needs are met? And and I, that question that Christine asked is a really beautiful question. You couple that with what would love do now? And be persistent and and really be 
continue that conversation until you reach a place of greater peace between you. If you do that regularly, you can only win in the relationship. And you can prevent a lot of these arguments by starting yeah. to talk about money early. You know, that, that's the thing. We were fortunate in that we we jumped into our relationship rather quickly. And a lot of people, they date for a while. So they're living two separate lives for a long time. And then they come together, maybe they get married or they start living together. And the money conversation becomes a bigger conversation because you're no longer living two separate lives. So you can prevent a lot of these arguments by talking about money early, getting a clear picture of where someone is financially and what their values are. Where they want to be yeah, financially. Yeah, where they want to well. be. Like I, I asked him when before you make a big purchase, like what's your thought process? Is it just if you have enough money, you can buy it? Like wh- what are your values? We asked a lot of those questions mm. to make sure we were aligned in how we approached it. And I think just a lot of people don't take the time to do that. I'm what still astonished. I'm, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm still sitting here astonished that that at, at how early you guys had this conversation. You're walking this walk in your relationship. For context, if you had to say from the time that I considered us dating to the time that we had that very blatant "tell me about your savings account" conversation, how long was that? Uh, well, okay. So we started talking to each other in May. We met in Greece in July. We had that conversation like a week after we met. Yeah. Okay. I, I really wanted people to understand how soon that was. Now, what if? Yeah, but here's the thing: like, if you're sleeping with someone, like, how, like, how can you not? And you're thinking about merging your. If, if you're getting that personal. Whoa, with someone, whoa, whoa! I thought you guys were how? waiting for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I know my parents are listening. We gotta be careful. <laughs> just, just to put it in the context, like, if you're getting that intimate with someone, with your physical body, and you're scared to talk about money, you gotta That's look at that. Yeah. You gotta look at that. Like, why are Massive why is it so blockage. easy to be physically intimate with someone, but yet not not be financially naked with someone? You know, and I understand that for some people, when you're just getting to know someone. But I guess this is the differentiator. Stephanos and I were clear we wanted to be together. We want a relationship. He was we we were we had to make the decision of is he coming back to the U.S. to pursue this relationship. So it wasn't like we were casually dating and on our third date, we pulled out our spreadsheets. We knew we were seriously pursuing a relationship. So I think really the distinction is as soon as you really are getting serious with someone and you know you want to pursue this relationship, have the talks. But even before that, don't be afraid to ask questions. And we were asking questions when we hadn't even physically met yet. And we were asking those questions of each other around money values particularly and money goals as well and why. So why is having a net worth of $50 million, why is that a money goal to you? What does that serve for you? What are you going to do with that money? I mean, I remember asking Christine, of course, with me, if you had $100 million, what would you do with it and why? Yeah. This is amazing. And what was the answer? Would take us all to Greece again? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And take us on a $100 million vacation, Chris. That's what I would do. I want to be be respectful of your time, but I've got a couple more really, really good questions. That we saw there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Okay, so... Uh, the lead, the follow-up question to this then is, what if uh, you're dating and you go to breach this subject and the other one does not want to talk about it? Like you can tell in their reaction that this is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Do you force the subject or do you no, wait longer? De- definitely don't force anything. Uh, the, moment, the moment we force a, a conversation like that, Unless you're very, very confident in your own self and you and you are not coming from wounding, but even then forcing someone to go somewhere they don't want to go 
it, it's a little bit too uncomfortable, but you have to chip away at it over time. You can respect that boundary. And as a masculine man, or when you're in masculine energy, you can respect time and space and you can, you can uh, not dictate, but you can master time and space. And so for time to have that conversation is not so much now. Come from compassion, come from empathy, and definitely bring it up again. And keep bringing it up in a compassionate, sincere way that doesn't offend or shame the other person but rather empowers them. And you have to be strategic. And that's also really dependent on who they are as individuals. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, again, echoing, it's not something that you can force. But again, if you're tiptoeing around questions yep. early in a relationship, really look at that. Why? Because the key in a relationship is to feel like you can be yourself, to feel like the other person sees you. If you're walking on eggshells and tiptoeing around certain questions, really ask like, why are you doing that? <laughs> and is this person, you know, is it is this is it you that's putting the the your own insecurities that's making you tiptoe, or is it something about the other person that's or making a combination you tiptoe? of both. or a combination yeah. of both? But how are you communicating that? Yeah, I'd hate to be in a relationship that I'm afraid to, and, and there definitely are. You know, we've had difficult conversations and I've been nervous to talk about to talk to Stephanos about certain things. But long term, I wouldn't want to be afraid to ask him something. I love that. Did you guys sit down and determine any giving goals yet together? We did. What is that? Yeah. I mean you don't have to like give numbers. I mean, what does that conversation look like? For for us uh, giving in terms of our uh, our service to the world. Yeah. Like, how are you guys going to give back? What are you going to give mm-hmm. back? Uh, how'd you come to yeah, agreement? I, I see couples all the time where one of them is generous to a fault and the other one is a, a, a penny pinching miser. And, and that's a source <laughs> of, of pain in yeah. the relationship. So, how did you yeah. guys have that conversation? So there's a couple of different ways. I'll start with this one and Christine can definitely expand. I'm, I'm very, very excited about this. And so, we're, we, we've been putting plans in place for some time now because we're just getting it all together where we want to, because we're so passionate about and so inspired by relationships and having clear connected relationships being something that contributes to the, the expansion of humanity in such a beautiful way. And so for us, we we do so much in the world in terms of our businesses and our services and our programs and all of that, You know, whether it be online, whether it be offline, in person. So what we're doing is, is giving free transmissions mm-hmm. where, where people can come and we, we create a very safe physical space and environment for people to come and just explore these complex issues around relationship. And mm-hmm. there's no charge. It's completely pro boned Again, mm-hmm. pro bono. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> really like pro bono. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really our, our, our service to community. We, when, we, when we thought, when we had our talk about how we want to give to the world, it was mm. divided into two categories, financially, how we want to give, and then how we want to give our gifts. Because mm. I think every human being is born with gifts. And one of the key ways that you can be generous is to give your gifts and give of them with, give them freely and give them with, with joy and enthusiasm. And uh, you know, love and relationship was such a big pain point for me and it was for him too, but especially, you know, especially for me coming out of a divorce in my early thirties and looking for love for a long time. And I see so many people, especially women really struggling and so many couples that, that love each other, but just don't have the tools and are super challenged. So when we talk about how we want to contribute and how we want to be generous and how we want to give a big part of it is, is how we can share our gifts and how we can help people that, you know, are suffering in our biggest pain point. How do we get some talk- of this pro boning couples work from you guys? <laughs> no, I'll joke aside. How, how, how does one how does one sign up for this? <laughs> um, it's it's 
it's in the works and uh, it'll be b- both on our websites, of course. When I say in the works, obviously we're getting married in September. So it'll be yeah. po- post-September will be our first. Come on, slackers. <laughs> How dare you take some time yeah. to get ready for the wedding? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just go to either one of our websites and sign up for our emails and you'll, you'll find out yeah. about it. Okay, yeah. perfect. And of course, we're going to give all those details at the end. We're going to give all those details uh, in the show notes as well. So just a couple real quick last questions here. And this is for you, Stephanos. Tell me what it looks like and feels like when you find the right partner in terms of your career growth. Because I've seen you on a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. And I know you give a lot of that credit to having met Christine. So what does it look like when you find the right partner when it comes mm-hmm. to your financial success? Yeah. It, it feels... I mean, so many adjectives that could describe it. Sensational, amazing, like home, um, comfortable, safe, permission, expansive, uh, inspired, like just so much and more. Because I did that deep work, having met Christine was so much of a byproduct of that and it allowed me to step greater into my gifts and to my successes. Um, and And together, I really feel so... I don't want to say unstoppable, but just so empowered. It was almost unstoppable. Almost unstoppable is a little bit egoic. It can be associated with that, but just I feel so confident and so clear that I'm on the right path. And so that's to to sum it up, it's clarity, man. When you meet that partner that supports your vision for yourself, and we're very blessed that we share a vision together in terms of our business and, and our serving together. We serve as individuals and we and businesses as individuals and we serve together. It just feels so clear. It's easy, man. Doesn't mean we don't experience challenges, but it's easy. There's no doubt. And so not having that doubt means not having so many blockages, not going back and forth and back and forth. There's just momentum there with clarity. Again, challenges exist, but how we get through those challenges are very, very different as opposed to when I've been in relationships before or previous times in my life where I've had just such a burn, build, stop, start mentality with my businesses. One month, I'd make great money. The next four months, nothing. I don't experience that inconsistency now. And it in it's so many factors that influence that, part of it is because I've got clear on who I am and what I want. And because I'm very truthful and open and transparent with this woman that's in my life that has chosen to give herself to the relationship. And I deeply honor that and appreciate that. And I do not want to take advantage of that as I have done in in previous relationships in the past. So I've I've really learned the hard way through that. But for me, it's clarity, man. It's just, there's just clarity there. Can either one of you give us a real example, and I'm putting you on a spot, I know it's hard to remember sometimes, a real example where either an old sabotaging belief in business or an old sabotaging action, or just a time that you're plain old stuck, you're you're able to get past that because of the, you know, because of your partner? Yeah, I'll give you one that's happening right now, brother, just to be very candidly open. Um, you know, I'm in the middle of my launch, Reclaim Your Kingdom, and in six or seven days' time, it, it um, six days' time, it's uh, we begin. And man, I've been working like a motherfucker. Like I am putting hours and hours in, you know, I'm reaching out, I'm humbling myself, I'm doing different things, I'm innovating. And and it, it's, but part of that, I'm going to be honest, part of that is because I'm deeply inspired. And part of that is because I derive a lot of my self-worth for how much I do and how hard I work, which is a, which is an extreme expression of masculine energy. And so there's nothing wrong with doing. Doing is essential. It's, we need it in our world. But when we do at, at the, for the reasons of that's where I'm gaining my self-worth, 
that can be detrimental to our health. And Christine is a mirror and says, darling, I see you. I see how hard you work. Please understand and please know that you're doing amazing. You're doing great. You actually don't need to work this hard. Breathe. And that that mirroring to me is everything. And it helps me. And I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah. It re- yeah, it really helps me step back, take a, a bird's eye perspective, and also be seen by my woman, be seen by the woman in my life. And, and also know that, oh, a little bit of me is actually coming from wounding still. It's coming from old shit. And so I want to check that, you know, check that at the door. And I want to be more integral in my practice in life. Wow. I absolutely love that. What a cool example. All right. So we're going to start to put a bow on this thing. And where can we find each of you? So you can find me, christinehasser.com. And then my podcast over and on with it. I do live coaching interventions with people on the air. So that's really interesting it's to listen to. It's the coolest thing ever, right? Because you're like, yeah. oh, because right, she solved it. <laughs> no one's yes, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Um, and then Instagram is is it's is all the things and i just this i just feel this feels important to say chris one thing that i think is important for anyone who may be making more money in a relationship is just to to check that you're not building resentment about that like that mm. you're giving yeah. freely to your partner and you're not justifying not showing up fully in the relationship because you're making more money mm. that was something early yeah. on i could see myself justifying maybe not showing up great in the relationship because I was the one making more money and I'm working da 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 da. And I'm really glad I checked that early in the relationship. Oh, so me too. I'm so glad you maybe, brought that up. Me too, years yeah. ago. Like, you know, hey, I'm over here earning this. So cut me yep. some slack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that will, that will kill your relationship. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, so give, you know, we're talking about generosity. You know, if you're giving to all these charities and you're priding yourself on being so generous, are you being that generous with your partner? Ooh, I dare people uh, to look in the mirror and ask themselves that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Steph, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, Stephanosafandos.com, my website, and then Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> Stephanosafandos, MySpace, all, my <laughs> all the things, and reclaimyourkingdom.com, of course. And, and just to add something, uh, our website, Christine and I, is coming very, very soon. Very excited about that. Oh my God, I can't freaking wait. Okay, so I want you... Yeah each to ask or answer this question, and it's this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? Because really, if they're pursuing per- success from a healthy place, they are pursuing living into their fullest human potential. And that takes great bravery. That takes great vulnerability. That takes being, do- being willing to do the work internally and externally. And when someone is unapologetic about their success, they can also be unapologetic about how their success contributes to the world. Love it. Stephanos? Because no one has the right to deny the world of their brilliance. Mm. Amen. Yep. She said it. Mic drop. (laughs) Hey, listen, I I really need to thank you guys on the air. So number one, the way you guys show up as human beings and as friends and just as as mentors and as everything, I can't thank you enough for that. And I'm going to go ahead and just claim right now, like put a stake in the ground that this is hands down one of the top three most valuable episodes ever, 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 ever in the history of the show. You know, what you shared so and, and the actionable stuff and what, pe- what couples and, and pe- those who are dating and those who are you know wishing they would meet their person, what everyone is going to get from this easily one of the top three most valuable episodes 
out of the 300 or whatever episodes so far. Wow. So you guys, thank, thank you, you from the bottom, from the bottom of my heart for coming up and oh. showing up this way. We love and appreciate you and you so and Lori much. so much. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Yeah, oh, it's easy to do. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.